Knox Life Podcast is what you are now tuned into. Let's get it. Let's get it. Another episode of Mondays with Coach Jake Spavital. Coach, you had a tough weekend this past weekend. Uh, things didn't go the way you wanted to. And over the last couple of weeks, you've had some ups and downs and some changes that are going on. But this past weekend was a game that had so many different ebbs and flows and ups and downs. And I just couldn't put my finger on one thing that was going on. But but as usual, you're always gracious enough to spend some time with me and, and kind of give me the real deal on what's going on. And always appreciate that so coach tell me what's been going on at the program right now i mean you guys are busting your butt every single week and trying to find answers and still coming up short so just recap the last couple weeks and the wins and the losses yeah you know um you know like it's like what i told our team in the locker room after the game and i I never questioned their heart and fight man like I'm saying, like that's that's something that I, we take a lot of pride in, and that's the reason why we are competitive in games, you know. And and uh, you know, we there's been two games this year that we haven't been competitive in: the Louisiana Lafayette game and uh, uh, the Eastern Michigan game. Uh, and there was some unfortunate circumstances that occurred, COVID and injuries, all that, you know. But uh, you know, Louisiana got after us pretty well, you know. But you know, our kids, like we we have a transparency in our locker room and in in, in our building and our program where. You know, we, we face things like men, we, we have the, the tough conversations and uh, you got to move forward to put it in the past, don't dwell on it and show up and, and keep swinging. And, and we did that going into the Louisiana Monroe game and, and uh, put together a good game. It's still, that was a bizarre game still, you know, yeah, like I think yeah. we are infamous now for the most bizarre <laughs> football games you've ever seen. You know, like, I feel like every, every win that we've ever had goes into overtime uh, there's always something with like onside kicks or fake punts or some just crazy stuff that happened. But, you know, uh, I, I was proud of how we responded, you know, after the Louisiana game going into the Louisiana Monroe game. And uh, we, we pulled off a great team win. That was the first time uh, we actually played team football. You know, the first half the offense did well and the defense struggled and they kind of flipped in the second half. And and we found a way to win the game, you know, and uh, we had a great week of, uh, week of preparation going into this Georgia Southern you know, game, which Georgia Southern, we knew was going to be a very talented team. They, they've got a lot of good players. You know, they're going through some uh, some issues with coaching changes and uh, and some injuries here and there. But uh, we knew that they were going to be a, a quality opponent. They've been playing every team close, you know, and and we we had great energy and we had good juice going into the end of the game. Like, you know, the first half was a little bit bizarre. Uh, there was a lot of scenarios and situations that occurred in this game that I typically have never seen throughout the course of an entire season. It all happened in one game. And, and uh, you know, we had two touchdowns. Like, they had a touchdown off of a, a block kick, and we had a touchdown off a block kick, you know. And uh, we had blocked field goals. We had all, all sorts of, you know, special teams things that occurred. <laughs> it was absolutely bizarre. But, you know, like, you you, you look at the, this last week game, and it was just so up and down. Like, you know, we go into halftime, 17-17, and the game ends up 38-30. to And there was all sorts of issues that occurred throughout the course of the entire game, good and bad. And, and uh, you know, you end up not not winning that game. You lose 38-30, to and you're going into the locker room, and, and you're looking at the stat sheets. You're looking at the time of possession and where we're at, and you're just like, how did the game get, you know, so bizarre? And, um, you know, unfortunately, like, you know, like they what it came down to is that we, we made more catastrophic mistakes than they did. You know, we made plays. They made plays. Uh, I thought we we outplayed them. 
but at the end of the day, our mistakes are, are, are too detrimental to the game. And, and we, we got to be able to minimize that. And I told the team on Sunday's meeting, you know, like in order for us to take the next step as a program, you know, we've, we've got to be able to manage these mistakes and execute just basic, simple plays and, and not have any holding penalties and, and targeting penalties and, and uh, special teams mishaps. And, and in order for us to do that consistently, you know, that, that's when the, the games are going to be won because we do prepare the right way. We fight the right way. We, we play with heart and passion. And, and I'm saying that it, it's, uh, you know, we, we maximize that, you know, and I, I take a lot of pride in that, but we have to start playing more efficient football, more clean football for us to, uh, to win these games. You know, we, you talked about it, and and this is one of the things that I've continued to struggle with is trying to learn the targeting call and how do you get around that. And I know you can't really go into too much depth about it because, you know, this is the Harsh Knocks life, and people start listening to it, and they get it to the Sunbelt Conference, and we don't want to talk about things like that. But as I look throughout this entire deal, some of these, these calls – are, are not only questionable, you you put the defense in a position to where it's hard for them to go out there and make a play because the things happen so fast. And like I said, some of them are egregious, and I totally get that. But the calls that I want to start seeing when they talk about, you know, targeting, what about the running back that's putting his head down and burying it in some dude's chest or across the head or something like that? Because to me, I'm trying to do things the right way. This guy drops his head and I hit him. Now I'm the one that's considered targeting because my job is to stop him and his job is to run through me. So, I I mean, is there is there a way that you can police this those types of calls to the point that the one thing that I definitely want to see happen is the kid not get ejected, you know, because it is one of those things where it's so questionable and it's so... I guess you would say uh, up to the naked eye, so to speak, you know, it's kind of frustrating to watch that, but what are some of the things that as a staff, you guys have to talk about, about teaching how to tackle, because I don't think anyone's ever had to talk about how you go to tackle. Yeah, we, you know, it started really last year. We had so many targeting issues and, and a lot of them were unfortunate, you know, like we, we talk about getting your head to the side. Uh, we talk about, you know, like not leaning with the crown of your helmet, you know, see what you hit, hit what you see type stuff, eyes up all the time. And, and we're, we're preaching it constantly, but like, like you said, just a minute ago, the game's so fast and the human body reacts, you know, like, and we had a, a targeting, you know, issue where our kid was trying to get his head to the side and it was an option run, you know, so the QB is a runner. So you got to tackle him. But when he pitches the ball, he becomes a defenseless player, and you know, so to speak. And and he's trying to get his head to the side, but that kid's also fading away to absorb a hit. And then next thing you know, it's helmet to helmet, you know. And and like those are the ones like you just you got to keep talking about. Hey, you got to keep your head to the side. You got to like like you got to shoot. <laughs> and and like I'm telling you, it's 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 a difficult conversation now. But you know the the thing that like I've been thinking about a lot about it, and and. And I, I'm, I'm on the rules committee and this has always been a, a hot topic. Uh, you know, they're, they're trying to make the game, you know, safer for player, the player safety. Um, but like what you're talking about is the ejections and like, and, and the egregious, the intent of the play. 
I, I do think that like, you, you know, you know, when the NBA was doing like, you know, the technical, you know, one and the technical two, yep, uh, yep. You know, like I feel, yep. I, I feel like there's gotta be some kind of play with that, you know, where like, what's the intent? Uh, it was targeting. So he is like, you know, penalized or punished for some extent, but then there's also the egregious ones that it's like a technical too. And then, you, you know, there's probably the injection and everything in that nature, or, you know, like if that, that targeting occurs like early in the half, they end up sitting out a whole game. Right. You know, like, you know, it's just where, where you at with it. And I do think that there, there's going to be, this is the the year that the cycle changes. So every two years they, they add new rules. So this year going into it, you'll probably see some movement and some uh, action with the targeting rules and the consequences and what to do, you know, but it's, it's a constant topic, a constant debate. Uh, you know, you gotta, you gotta talk to these kids about a lot of different things about just player safety and keeping your head up and, and everything of that nature. But, you know, like, uh, I, I still think that this is just the tip of the iceberg right now with this whole targeting deal. Yeah. The targeting is something that has been talked about across the nation and, and you, your team has been affected by it because I'm, I guess, because I'm so close, I pay a lot of attention to what's going on at Texas state. And when I get a chance to see that, I just don't understand that you guys have been flagged for targeting so many times that not only with COVID, not only with the things that, of players being out, you still have to maneuver different guys into different positions because of that targeting rule. And that's where that cross training starts to really put pay off because guys are having to come in and not only at Texas state, but across college football, the landscape of it, where big players are being thrown out of games in big games for what some would say was probably not a true targeting rule. And like you said earlier, that was not the intent. The intent was to try to make a play and everything happened so fast. You remember the, the, I guess it was the college football semifinal last year. Clemson yes. Yeah. And yeah. Justin Fields was doing the spin move and he got the targeting. Yeah. Like if he doesn't spin move, it's no targeting. Right. Yeah, that's what what I mean? that's I, why I said that judgment call. It's like, let's go to replay to replay the replay. And it's just like, what are we, what are we looking at, man? What are we looking at? <laughs> I, I, and, but like right now, you know, you go into – this year we're at and it's kind of been this targeting rules been around for a little while like these kids now it's like under like they expect it you know and like right it's fortunate you know like and like like you're sitting there talking to the kid like our, our kid had got ejected you know the second time uh, the second targeting penalty in this past game <clears throat> he was like uh, man I was trying to get my head to the side you know and like I thought I did but he ended up kind of ducking at the end and I, I clipped him he was like I you know, yeah, he I, knew. He knew. You know, yeah, he, so you, but like he's explaining it to you. It's like <laughs> I, was, I was crying, you know, and right. and he was just like, man, it's unfortunate. You know, it's a lot of those. Like sometimes, like I've seen targeting with like bad quarterback throws, right? You know, like it, like sometimes the court, like you know, it if you maybe underthrows it, maybe doesn't, you know, it doesn't get it to like an area like that safety can get there. Like I've seen those happen, you know, and it's just like you know, defensive coaches are the most frustrated with it. You know, like they, like right. they come to my office all the time. They're like, what do you want me to tell the, the DB on this? I'm like, don't, don't change anything. Right. Just, just keep, keep playing. playing. Yeah. Player safety side of it and, and try to get your head across and just keep emphasizing the points that we're trying to coach, you know, and just understand that targeting will happen. I think it happens to everybody, you know, so it's just, you know, we just understand that it's not just our team. Like it, it's an issue that's happening across college football. 
Yeah. Sorry to get on that tangent, but it was one of those things that I continue to look at. And I'm like, this is the worst rule in college football. And sometimes even in the professional level, it's, it's, you know, everything happens so fast as we talked about players are trying to make plays, but it's a tough, tough thing. And you got to just go with what's being called, but let's get back to the field. And obviously there were some plays that happened in the game on Saturday that you kind of shake your head on it and try to figure out what's going on. Um, but one of the plays that really stood out to me was the block. I think it was a field goal or or punt. No, it was the block field goal where your guy recovers it and then all of a sudden he loses it and they get possession. And then the next play they end up scoring, which I believe turned out to be the game winning score in that situation. So when you sit there and you're looking at what's going on and how do you adjust to it, um, what is the conversation that you have about the uh, – about the block field goal and the change of possession. Yeah, I like, could have known that a block field goal actually hurt us, you know. Um, right. You know, that was a momentum swing. Um, it was 24-24 at the time. You know, defense stopped them. You know, we end up, you know, doing a great job on our on our PAT field goal and we block it. And and the rule that is, is, you know, like if it's behind the line, then try to scoop and score it. You know, like uh, if it's on the, the kicking side, scoop and right. score it. You know, if it's, uh, you know, if it crosses onto the defensive territory, then, you, you know, you Peter call it and you get away from it, you know, type deal. But, uh, and I, it was one of those things, you know, like the guy picked it up afterwards and they said he gained possession and then he fumbled, you know, like there was no video evidence to actually like overturn it. So they set with a call, you know, so there's a lot of, uh, you know, judgment with it. Our kid said he didn't have possession, you know, he may have, I, who, who knows, you know, um, but like that, that, that was kind of a turning point because it gave, it gave them a fresh set of downs. Like at the 20 yard line, they end up scoring right there to go up 34, 31, 24. And that really put the game kind of away to yeah. a certain extent. But, um, you know, I, 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 that's hard to explain, you know, you have to, <laughs> I've never been a part of that one. You know, you had to sit there and talk to them all. I like, can just emphasize this is what you got to do, you know. And then at, the rule is, is like, if you don't pick it up, then you, you got to have good ball security. <laughs> yeah. Like, you can't fumble it again, you know. And then it gave them a set of downs. And, and again, it's just another one of those scenarios in the game that you had no idea what was going on. You know, like, you know, the referees are like, kind of, we're confused by it. Our players are confused by it. Like, if you notice, they picked it up and they ran it in and, like, they scored. Right. You know, whole deal so like there's just a ton of moving parts you know like you it's just kind of like the ball is not bouncing your way when you're doing everything right you're playing hard and you block a field goal which is a huge momentum swing to just understand that we have a change of possession they get a fresh set of downs and they score right there and that really deflated the entire stadium the tire everything because there's just so many crazy calls in this game that you know, like I've never been a part of before. And, and like, I'm telling you, like the fans were confused half the time too. Right. About what's going on stuff. And, you know, like our, our kids, you know, they, they still lined up and they kept fighting, but you can tell that that really hurt the momentum. And, you know, at the end of the day, man, who would have thought a block field goal on a momentum swing would have actually hurt us. You know, it'd have been better if they just made the field goal. Right. Right. Yeah, absolutely. And I was sitting there thinking the same thing. I was like, well, dang, that's just, buzz kill right there because everybody was getting fired up and you can hear the emotion in the stands. And, you know, you said it anytime you get a block, anything in a positive matter, it changes the momentum. And, and it was unfortunate that, that, you know, the ball possession and, and securing the football kind of flipped the other way. And, and I watched the video like four or five times because they showed it 
in different angles. And it did not look like he had possession at all to where they, they would be able to make that call. So, I mean, that's another one of those that you just kind of got to roll with because it, the call's there and, and it's over, but it ain't a, it ain't a fun one. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. It has to happen at some point. Man. No doubt. You know, sit there like what like what do you tell the kids like you're sitting you're sitting there in your team meetings coaching ball security with a defensive lineman picking up on a scoop and score and you know and you're but you're also telling like hey man that's a great job of blocking the extra point of blocking. <laughs> yeah like there, it's like anytime we have a positive there's there's a negative with it and right now and I've, I've talked to them all about everybody be on point this week we got to get the karma back we got to get everything right you know like it's like the ball is just not bouncing their way you know and I think eventually, you know, if you just keep playing that way and and doing the right things, the good things are going to happen for these kids. No doubt. No doubt. Speaking of something else, obviously you had a good, good turnout for the last home game, but now you're getting ready to go on the road. Coastal Carolina, they're not playing with their quarterback. He's out. Um, McCall is is no longer with, well, he's injured. So I'm not going to say he's no longer with the team, but he's not going to play this weekend. <laughs> he's not going to play this weekend, but Coastal's still one of those teams that uh, can go out there and, and knock some people off. They're a tough ball team. They got beat this past weekend, but talk about the fact of going to Coastal Carolina, one of the best teams in the country. Yeah, it's going to be a tough challenge. We're going to be down a little bit, you know, especially we had two targeting fouls. So uh, we got two guys out for the first half, um, you know, and we're kind of moving through a few injuries, but, you know, it, nothing, nothing crazy. So, you know, we got to get back out there on track and go, you know, compete versus a very quality team. You know, they're very good on defense, one of the top defenses in the country. But again, their offense is really the, the reason why they're so successful. And, uh, you know, they don't have Grayson McCall, but their backup does a really good job as well. But they got weapons, you know, they got no. – tight ends they got O-linemen I was looking at like the just the kind of stats on them you know they they've got they've got 18 seniors on offense and defense and they got five on specialists so they got 23 total seniors they're a very experienced team they got a lot of super seniors in there that have played for a long long time um, you know so you know they, they're they're a quality team and we're gonna have to play very clean football we can't be having these mistakes and these catastrophic mistakes and expect to win this game so We've, we've got to play, you know, you know, close to a, a perfect game. I'm not saying it has to be perfect, but like we, we've got to be very efficient in what we do. We got to complement each other. We got to play off of momentum swings. If anybody has a good thing on one side of the ball, we got to take advantage of that momentum and continue to capitalize on it. But uh, it, it's going to be a tough challenge. Um, but, you know, our kids, they're not going to shy away. We're going to go and we're going to swing at them, you know, like what we always do. And, and uh, you know, like they're, they're, we're not playing for a bowl game right now. And, you know, our kids are going to show up, you know, like that's what they do. And, and uh, you know, like that's the thing that we take a lot of pride in. So, you know, we got two more games left and, and uh, we're going to put everything on the line and go out there and compete against a very quality opponent in Coastal Carolina. Well, I know that you're going to have your team ready. You always do. And I appreciate you spending some time with me today and coach. I mean, let's think about this. You got a chance to go out there and be the team that people are saying is one of the best in the country. You got a chance to finish on a high note, and this will lead you into to uh, good recruiting and getting this thing back to where people are begging for it to be. And I know that you are, too. So, as always, thank you for taking the time to kick it with me today. And uh, I'll see you soon, buddy. All right, man. I appreciate you, Harsh, as always, man. There it is. Coach Jake Spavital. Mondays with Coach Spavital. And just remember, 
Don't believe everything you see, because even salt looks like sugar. Hey.